0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 139 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today presented to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek, and it's been a while since I've chopped it up with this guy. Known him for an awfully long time. He is a 2008 World Series champion. He's a former Rookie of the Year. He's a former League MVP, and now he's just kicking it and doing a bunch of other things. (laughs) Let's find out what Ryan Howard is up to. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I'm doing well, Rosie. Doing well, man. Always a pleasure
0: to be in your presence, Mike. Oh, man. you stop that now. You <laughs> stop that now. Although I'm sure you barely recognized me with the
1: uh I, I, I the saw it. I saw. I was like, Yeah, I saw there's some stuff that was going on over there. I like it. Yeah, we'll scruff yeah, get... we we'll scruff McGruff going.
0: Yeah, I gotta get rid of it soon. I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna call the Browns preseason games and I don't wanna look like uh like I'm on the run anything so i gotta clean it up a little bit but that's all right he'll be back next season
1: like he came straight from the dog pound just up up into the booth
0: hey believe me listen you know me i'm a cleveland guy so we had season tickets we did not have him in the dog pound my parents Mm -hmm. would not let me sit there they would (laughs) not let me you didn't you're you're too young you're not even 40 yet are you
1: i i am 40 i'm 42 oh okay
0: don't don't let this move taste fool you bro all Um, right yeah i grew up with
1: the original like the St. Louis Cardinals, like the Vi Sikahema, like, uh, what was it? Neil Lomax. Lomax. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Roy yeah. Green, Roy Green, all those guys. And then once the Rams, the greatest show on turf came to town, uh, was watching those guys as well. But my team now, man, it's, it's, is the Eagles. So I'll still follow the Rams, you know, happy for the Rams to have done yeah. what they did, but like, I follow the, the Eagles more so now Yeah, and and the Bears and the Bears and the Bears because when the the Cardinals when the Cardinals left the next closest team we had was the Bears
0: oh so
1: yeah so like Walter Payton you know the fridge Mike Singletary all those guys grew up watching those guys
0: so let me ask you this when the Eagles and Bears played in the playoffs a few years ago, Eagles yeah fair enough yeah that's what I thought where are you these days? I don't even know where you
1: live. I'm in Hotlanta, man. Um, so in Atlanta. So right now uh, we've been renovating our house and, and doing all that good stuff. So I'm in my wife's office and trying to uh, get this whole thing situated. So we just moved in about a couple couple weeks ago. So getting these kids ready for school and mm. hitting the ground running.
0: How old are the kids?
1: Uh, so my oldest... My son is going into his senior year at LSU, Um, so he's about to get ready to head back down there in in another week or so. And then three girls, um, the oldest, Ariana, is about to turn eight in November. Uh, Lexi, who Alexandria, we call her Lexi, is about to turn six in October, and then Amara, the baby, is about to turn three the end of this month. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. You are they're gonna make me dick- they're gonna make me have to come out of retirement or something. Yeah. Like just yeah, try to pay for these weddings in the future. But then yeah. again, like people are paying for their own weddings because they don't want their parents to have to try to dictate what's what's what. And I'm all for it. Hey, yeah, tell me where to be when I need to be there.
0: And, hey, you know, listen, man, you know I'll the deal it. with parenting. Just be supportive. <laughs> that's all. That's, it. that's all we're that's here. It. That's, that's it. That's it. So what's your son doing? This this is it. Like, what's what's he into? What's he want to do?
1: Yeah, so he's going to school. He's going to try and see about uh, – he, he out of high school, he went and played some JUCO ball, um, had a pretty decent year. COVID obviously came in and kind of disrupted a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, but after his second year at JUCO, he decided he just wanted to go to kind of four-year school. Um, always, you know, loved LSU and is currently down there um, about to head into his senior year. Uh, I think he's going to want to try to see if he can have an opportunity to try to walk on the baseball team down there uh, because he still has that. Uh, I believe he's still athletically would be considered a sophomore mm-hmm. down there due to due to COVID. So, you know, see how it goes and uh, go from there. But he's, he's doing um, sports business kind of sports management. You know, I told him like, Hey, if you can't be the dude on the field, you know, try to be the architect behind putting the guys on the field. So, um, you know, going to school for that, and uh, he's he's enjoying himself.
0: That's awesome. Good, good to hear. Um, so I saw you earlier this year when mm-hmm. St. Louis made its one and only stop in Philadelphia, and you were like the welcoming and the goodbye committee for one Albert mm-hmm. Pujols. Yeah, he, man, I love this shot of you two giving the big old bear hug. That's and it. for a, For a St. Louis kid, how special was this?
1: So. I mean, beyond. He's sitting over here clapping, clapping for me. It's the other way around. First off, that man has monster grip. For, <laughs> like, I can breathe, bro. But uh, the funny thing about it is, is that when I first kind of started out, um, the story kind of goes back to when I was in the minor leagues in New York Penn League. We had a guy who was a, the, the manager for that squad. That I think it was the New Jersey Cardinals at the time. And he grew up and lived in St. Louis and he came over to me after the uh, series and he said, hey, right, like uh, if you're back in St. Louis and you need a place to work out and hit, like I throw to a couple guys, come on over. So I was like, sure, hit him up, come back in. I show up Maryville University in St. Louis and it's Mike Matheny, uh, John Mabry and Albert. So like I'm like, wait, I'm just this kid my first year in the minor leagues and I'm coming in and I'm hitting with like bona fide, you know, major leaguers and, and, and being able to watch Albert like live and in person, like doing his thing and being able to just kind of sit back and be a little bit of a fly on the wall and just learn from watching him and kind of asking different questions. But I mean, I'll, I'll let you know right now it was a different sound coming off of Albert's back. Because, you know, you get that – you got minor league wood, you got big league wood, and you got Albert wood. <laughs> so it was like – it was it was super loud coming off of his bat.
0: Because you were from St. Louis, and, I mean, you guys ended up playing on multiple all-star teams together and same position and all sorts of stuff. Did you guys, you know, develop a relationship?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, a little bit, yeah. I mean, because we would come in and hit and, and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, for the most part, it was – me being in Philadelphia for the most part. And, and then I was there maybe a couple years, my first um, first couple years in the big leagues and then wound up moving, moving and getting a place in Florida and just kind of stayed there more, majority of the time. So um, not as much as we probably could have or should have. But, I mean, the, the respect was always there on the field and then just being able to kind of chop it up with them, you know, when we were hitting and doing all that kind of stuff uh definitely so i told him there too i was like bro we need to get up like when <laughs> you have plenty of time so we need to get up like after after the season and all that kind of stuff and just like hook up and all that
0: well you know everybody remembers albert's amazing start to his career mm-hmm. but you come up and you rock the world too. your first few seasons i mean uh, yeah. you win rookie of the year then we're hitting 58 homers we're winning an mvp so you go rookie of the year mvp what was it like being Ryan Howard at the top of the world then?
1: Oh, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, coming in because I don't think people really knew like what was going to happen. So, obviously, the Phillies – I was drafted in 2001. Phillies go and they signed Tome, uh, Jim Tome, in 2002. So, I'm going into my first full minor league season heading to Lakewood, New Jersey. And I get the news and the fan in me was like, oh, damn, like the Phillies just signed Jim Tomey. Like, that's cool. And then the player in me was (laughs) like, damn, they just signed Jim Tomey. (laughs) So, you know, so I had to, you know, kind of dig in the crates with something my old sophomore uh, baseball coach told me. He's like, hey, you can either focus on shoulda, coulda, wouldas or put your energy into what you need to do in order to get to where it is you want to be. So. You know, I understood Tommy was there. My goal was still to get to the big leagues, whether it was with the Phillies or with somebody else. And I knew at that time I wasn't going to be rushed because Tommy was there and he just signed a six year deal. So, you know, for me, it was just a matter of like taking my time developing and, you know, getting the opportunity to try to force their hand when I could. And then obviously getting the opportunity when Tommy got hurt in 05 uh, the second time. Um, you know, just taking advantage of it, knowing I was going to be up there the whole rest of the year. And um, I didn't know too many teams that would usually send a guy that wins rookie of the year back to AAA the following year. So I knew that they were going to have to do something. They were going to either have to trade me or trade Tom. So the only thing you could do when you get those opportunities for those guys that are out there is just take advantage of it. You know, sometimes it has to come when when somebody else goes down. But when you get that opportunity to showcase your your ability, you got to take it.
0: I think he was traded for Aaron Rowan, right? Uh, Rowan, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so when they trade him, an established star in this league, instead of you, mm. was there a, was there pressure that built up or what was it?
1: No. You know, it was funny because kind of going back to it, 2005, um, the second time that Tommy got hurt, like one of the reporters had said, uh, kind of a similar question where they said, hey, you know, you're having to come in and replace Jim Tome. Like, you know, are there, is there any pressure? Those are some, some big shoes to kind of fill. And I said, well, no, because I'm not Jim Tome. I said, I'm, I'm me. And I said, if I, if I do what I'm capable and I know I'm capable of doing, I think we'll be, we'll be just fine. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't ever try to be Tome. Um, I just went out there and was myself and let it just do what it did.
0: But you knew you were joining a franchise and an organization that only won one World Series. It's not like it Mm -hmm. was an expansion team. Like this is one of the ancient clubs in the history of it. Right. So finally, you know, we have some success. Um, We make the playoffs, all that sort of stuff. Doesn't exactly go the way you guys want it. And then 2008 goes. At what point were you like, we're fucking winning this thing? I know. Oh, you know
1: what? It's funny because like Jimmy and I had a conversation. So after 2007, when Jimmy made the announcement of like, hey, I think we're the team to be," And then we go, we catch the Mets, we win the division for the first time in however long, make the playoffs and they get boat raced by Colorado, who just went undefeated, basically the second half of this, like the entire <laughs> month of September. Um, you know, I think One of the things I think that when we won the division and made it to the playoffs, I felt like, man, I think we're celebrating a little bit too hard. It was almost like that was our World Series that we won and got over the hump. And then fast forward, getting boat raced by um, Colorado. So I think the next year in spring training, like Jimmy and I were, I remember doing batting practice, because that's all you do in spring training is staying around, um, is basically – we were just having a conversation and we were just kind of like dude why <laughs> why not us like why can't we win and um i think that group after understanding what it was like to be able to get a taste of the playoffs the year before uh cuz i'm not going to lie like i thought like oh when you hit the ball it's going to explode confetti's going to come out like this whole thing you just don't know you know what to expect but then it's just you're one of however many teams that are left Yeah, things get a little bit more amplified, all that, but you still are playing the exact same game. So I think once we got that taste under our belt, it was like the following year, we just kind of put the pedal to the metal and then the rest was history.
0: So um, you were were blessed to be able to play in just one uniform, one big league uniform. Mm -hmm. When did you know that Philly was a different town?
1: I mean, I'd always heard about it.
0: Um, always, when did you feel always, it?
1: I mean, as soon as I stepped in. Um, you know, it was it was uh, growing up in the Midwest. It was like, obviously, it was a completely different uh, type of, type of speed than it was in the Midwest. But you would hear just, you know, oh, Philly's so tough. They threw batteries at Santa Claus. They do this and blah, blah, blah. So you understand, like, as you're coming through the minor leagues, like what it is. And then you also understand it's just all about the effort that you give as well. Um, You know, it's a blue collar town. They want a blue collar effort. Like Everybody's going to go in there. They're going to mess up or whatever. But as long as you're going out there playing hard, you know, you try to use it as a motivation and and not to be broken down. Uh, It's not for the faint of heart. Um, It's not. But, you know, I've I've always told people, I was like, if you can play anywhere in the Northeast to kind of start your career, whether it's Philly, Baltimore, New York, whatever, Boston, you can
0: pretty much go anywhere after that, and I think you'll be all right. But were there days where you went home and you were like, oh, my God, this baseball's hard enough as is. But Mm -hmm. it's hard when – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, I mean,
1: towards – I mean, towards the end of my time there. Yeah. It was, it was hard. I mean, things weren't going well, like team wasn't playing well. Um, I had been hurt and coming back and then wasn't, wasn't playing as well as I would want to play. I mean, yeah, they're going to let you know it. I mean, there's also, there was times where when we were going good, you know, it's a it was a football town first and foremost. So it's like, even if we're winning games, you're still hearing Eagles chants, you know, throughout citizens bank park. And you're just kind of like, like, what do we have to do? You know, it's, once we won the the Eagles chance kind of subsided but mm-hmm. you know you'll you would get an occasional Eagles chant like if the game wasn't going very well and all that kind of stuff but you know it's just understanding uh understanding where you are so I mean it's it's one of those places where it's there the fans can be so passionate to where when it's going good it's one of the best places to ever play I mean when it's not going so well yeah I mean it's it's hard I mean, teams can come in and they can sit there and sometimes it's wait for, you know, for the home team to make the mistake. And then all of a sudden the fans turn on the home team and now it makes it easier for the for the visiting team. So it's just understanding. I I always say it's like it's the city of brotherly love, right? Like you fight with your brother, you yell at your brother and at times you hate your brother or whatever, but you get over it. And then at the end of the day, you love your brother. So it's like. You, you kind of go through the the, the ring of of it all. You know, the biggest thing is just don't take it personal. It's just the fans with with their passion. Sometimes the fast the passion can be a little misplaced, but at the end of the day, they love they love their teams. They love their players. Um, sometimes they just have a little bit more of an aggressive way of going about showing that love.
0: Well, you know, the game has obviously changed significantly in in terms of guys being able to move around and and things of that nature. You kept almost an entire infield together for over a decade between mm-hmm. you and Chase and J. Roll. Um, we've had Jimmy on the show. I love. I've always loved the way he's handled the media for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's just been spot on with a lot of his stuff. But were there ever times where he would open his mouth and he'd be like, "Shit, Jimmy, really?"
1: You know what? Not. I mean, again, I'm I'm one of those guys to where it's like, you know who who the person is. So I mean, obviously, if Jimmy's saying. What Jimmy's saying, that's because that's what Jimmy feels. If Chase is saying what Chase is saying, that's because what, that's what Chase feels. And it's like understanding and knowing their characters. It's like, okay. Like when Jimmy made the comment of, Hey, I think we're the team to beat in 2007. We Mm -hmm. hadn't won anything. We weren't close to doing anything, you know, great or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, I should be confident in myself, my ability and in my team. Like if I'm not, if I don't think that we're the team to beat, then why am I here? What and so when Jimmy says that, it's like, okay, that's Jimmy. Like we know, we know Jimmy. Jimmy's Jimmy was like the swag of our team. So, you know, where Chase was more like he was like that engine and Shane was just sugar everywhere and just bouncing <laughs> off walls and you know so it was like all the different <laughs> and that's my guy i love my guy Shay.
0: oh yeah but he'll
1: say too. hey that's the only person i could ever see that would eat like like what is it, gummy bears and ice cream and all that kind of stuff and just like bouncing just bouncing off the wall that's all but we that,
0: need to do is put more sugar in that guy's exactly diet, exactly
1: right? that's why they call him the flying hawaii you just give him some gummy bears and Whatever kind of sugar, he's all over the place. Dude, but, he couldn't uh,
0: make it through an interview sitting still. I'd be like, no. Shane, are you good? Be like, I can't. <laughs> like, I got, I, I got maybe six minutes for you, and then I gotta go. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's right. That's about right. That's about right. <laughs> but yeah, but you just you understood the dynamics and the chemistry, or I'm sorry, the characteristics of who the guys were. So when Jimmy comes out and he says something like that, it's like, all right, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you, you, you you're probably right in terms of
0: some of that stuff. Was Burl as weird as he seemed? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, look, Rosie.
1: <sighs> Burl is a special, special breed, and I love Pat. I do. It's like once you first meet him, you're like, dude, man, this guy is like, like, what's this guy's deal? Like, he's all over the place. But then the more you get to understand Pat, it's it's actually quite funny. I mean, he's he's a great guy. Um, I mean, obviously, dare I say the machine, uh, um, Seen, I've seen the machine a few times, um, in action. Yes. I, I mean, right there, Rosie, it answers your own question with <laughs> all I have to do is just say the machine. I, I could have just started and ended with that and left it there.
0: <laughs> I needed a lot of therapy to get through that. I'm just telling you. I need it. We baseball long.
1: baseball players are a different breed, man. We're, oh.
0: we're all over the place. Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> that's what that's what keeps you on your toes if you're in the media, man. Makes it, it fun. Makes it a lot of fun. Um so I told you I had uh, I had Jimmy on the show and so mm-hmm. I had to ask him a in my opinion a very difficult question. So mm-hmm. I want you to listen to his uh, his response here. Why did Ryan oh, Howard god. catch the ball with two hands? Oh my god. <laughs> Because one didn't always work. <laughs> his hands were probably about like this, you know, and I don't know if they made a glove big enough for him. So it was like he was literally catching the ball with his fingertips and the web was only about that big. So I think he felt better doing this. And if you ask him, he'd always say my balls were moving, you know, coming to him, they're sinking, they're cutting. And I'm like, I throw one of the, besides J.J. Hardy, probably one of the truest four seamers over to first base, there are times I would bounce the ball over there, and I'm just like, oh, Lord, it's going to end up bad. And he'd pick it, and I'm like, oh, Ryan, I'm giving him props. And he throws it around, and the ball's in the left field. It's like, well, we still have work to do. We still have work to do, but, <laughs> hey, we, we start with the catch.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's classic. All right, so um, where do I even start? First off, Ooh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, so – Two hands, I don't even know what it was. It was uh, – I don't know. I don't know if it was like Jamie Moyer was in the back of my mind or or, or, or what. Because, Jamie, if you've ever heard with uh, pop-ups, you could probably hear it over the entire stadium. If there was a pop-up, Jamie Moyer is always yelling, two hands, two hands. Like, either if he's on the bench, if he's in the game, two hands, two hands. I don't know. I just think, like, sometimes it would either just kind of get in my own head to where – when I would get out, sometimes the ball would just pop, either pop out of my glove. So I just wanted to make sure I secured it with, with two hands. The picks were clearly blackout moments um, <laughs> that would take place. Um, Jimmy Jimmy does have a pretty – he has a fairly good uh, four-seam ball. Sometimes he would, he would just get and catch that seam, and it would just go all, all over the place. But, yeah, he, he has a pretty pretty straight ball because he would go straight over the top and obviously getting to play with Jay for a long time. I got to understand, like, certain balls in the hole, like what he was going to do before he did it and always tried to give me, like, the good long hop um, on a ball that was deep in the hole. So I always knew, like, hey, he was going to try to try to make it that way. Hey, I mean, you know what? Hey, play it safe because if I go out there one hand and drop it, you know, my pitcher's got to throw another however many pitches. I, I, I'll take it. I got out there one handed when I needed to get out there for the stretch. So, you know, see that was panda running right here. You got know your runner, know your runner. <laughs> That's it. Know your runner. Get the, what's the rule, Rosie? Get the out. Get the out. You're right. Get the out. It ain't got to be pretty. Nope. Just get the out. It's no. like the metal world piece. It's like that meta world piece. around on our test game. It may be ugly, but effective. You know what I mean? It ain't got to be pretty. It's just got to be effective.
0: Let's see those hands, by the way. Is he right? Are they? Oh, that's God it. dang. Yeah, that's it. You didn't, meet... it. You didn't need a mitt.
1: I'm catching, I'm catching balls one-handed now with my daughter's softball team, so we're good. I'm making well, yeah. up for it. Are up you up coaching? It. I am coaching. I am. I'm and really how's good. that going? Yeah. It was good. It was good. So we were doing a uh, coach pitch, and somehow I was nominated as the, uh, the pitcher. And, uh I mean, believe it or not, I mean, there was some dads that would struggle. Um, I mean, I saw in underhand coach pitch, like, they're hitting the kids. Uh, there was a game where I think it was like three or four girls got hit in coach pitch, underhand, yeah. soft. So, um, you know, I think I might have made first team all coach as a pitcher. It's um, a big deal. So, yeah, yeah, so – it's been fun, man. I've enjoyed it. My daughter's enjoyed it even more so. So I, I, I did learn that there's a draft that takes place oh. um, at seven years old. Um, so, yeah. So you got to go out and you got to scout the girls and, um, you know, get ready. Get get ready for draft day.
0: That gets intense. I, it, I was. Through- we had to make it. We had to make a trade. We had to make
1: a trade first day. Yeah. No,
0: no, no. Yeah. You can't make, make trades. <laughs> If I wanted
1: to come home, I did. Yeah, you got to make some trades,
0: or you had to get like you got, best friends you be on willing the squad. And
1: Yeah, you're you're willing and dealing, willing and dealing, Rosie.
0: Wait till uh, and deal. Wait did they did they have like a a parent vote for the all star team? A parent coach's vote for the all star team? You do. You do you, do um, one, you know yet? what
1: there was? There was some kind of a all star like post kind of postseason all star thing. I think where you could try out or whatnot for that. So. I was like, hey, we're we're heading out of town, so that's probably not going to work out.
0: Yeah. I'm warning you now because at one point the Howard girls are probably going to want to play in an All-Star season during the summer. Oh, yeah, those yeah, yeah. votes those votes get nasty between parents. I've seen friendships broken because of it.
1: I believe it. I believe it. I mean, looking at where just youth sports is now because I've been kind of gone through it with my with my son when you know he was 14, 15, 16. And just kind of how everything is about showcases now. Ugh, um horrible. I mean, you 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 see it. I mean, there was a kid that came in, we we're playing in a perfect game tournament here in Georgia. And this kid just basically like came in, pitched, was, you know, hitting 92, 93, kind of looked like it was max effort to me. But, you know, through about three innings, boom, grabbed his stuff and and left. And I was like, Yo, Jared, like to the head coach. I was like, where's he going? He's like, oh, he just came in the pitch this game, and then he's he's out. I was like, wait, like, we don't even stay with the team anymore. Like, we're just that's it. This yes. PJ it out of here. Go, <laughs> they got the PJ for him or, or what? So it's it's an interesting animal with how uh the youth, the youth game is 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 developing and all that kind of stuff, man. So it's uh um, there, I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, you just don't want it to get misplaced. You still want there to be that super competitive nature about it because I think a lot of these kids will get to the point to where it's like, all right, let me go in here and see how hard I can throw and light up this radar gun or how hard I can swing and do this and do that or whatever. And, um, you know, I think some kids may lose the the, 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 the thought process of, wanting to actually go out and, like, win the game. You know, it's like, hey, let me go get my two knocks so this scout, this college coach or whoever, you know, can take notes so I can get to wherever. But I think it's still being able to instill, like, hey, we still – we want to go out and win the game. We want to go and do the things that we need to do in order to win the game.
0: Um, guy who was a winner for you was Jamie Moyer. You already brought Mm -hmm. him up. Yeah. Dude could barely – Pitch fast enough to get pulled mm-hmm. over in a school zone. Were there times where guys would get to first base and you'd be like, they'd be like, like how are we not launching against this dude?
1: M- Moye. So I always called him Moye.
0: <laughs> uh, you know,
1: this sounds. I like that Moye. Um, it always seemed to be whenever Jamie would face the Florida Marlins, it was either like feast or famine to where um, I'd always talk to some of the guys like Cody Ross or Dan Uglo or, or whoever, um, Hanley, like if if they got on base. And, and it was just like, bro, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on <laughs> because Jamie would go up and he would either just get lit up or he would just carve them to pieces. And I would just look, like, one guy might walk or something. And I'd be like, dude, what's, what's happening? He's like, I don't know what it is, but he's just absolutely filthy today. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, it looks like it. I haven't really got a whole lot of action down here. I'm not complaining or anything. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where he had their number. And Jamie, just the consummate professional that he was, was just, I mean, he knew how to pitch. He was the epitome of a pitcher. He was that he's, – he's not like the guys today where he was going to go blow you away. But everything that, de- that Jamie did was – there was a reason behind it. There was a reason why Jamie would step off the mound like in the middle of an at-bat and, and just lob the ball in and get a new ball.
0: And I, and I would
1: ask him about it, and he was like, yeah, I do that on purpose because I throw the ball in like that to get the – to change the, the hitter's eye level because a lot of the times the hitters will watch the guy kind of throw the ball into the catcher to get a new ball. And it's like, if that guy will watch, he's changing their eye level by like lobbing it. He'll do it two or three times and hey. and then get his ball, get his pitch and, and go make his pitch. No and so there's, there's a method, there's a method to the madness. Jamie was the mad scientist. There's a reason why he was in there playing for 47 years. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there, there is a reason like Jamie was amazing amazing. He was just a wealth of knowledge. And again, two hands every time fly ball. Like I, have, I sometimes I would get panicked on balls that were next to the dugout because Jamie was yelling and I would just be like, all right, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Two hands, two hands. Cause Jamie's like right there. I was like, you want it? You, are you calling me off? So, but yeah, I mean, Jamie was just a consummate professional and and just would just, I don't know. There there was a reason why he would have so much success.
0: You know, you've always been like a big smiley teddy bear out there. Like, listen, we know you can mash, but was there ever a time where you got pissed at an opposing pitcher, player, wanted to charge the mound, anything?
1: I mean, yeah, I did get tossed out of, I think, of, of one game for sure. I don't know if it was two. But I did get tossed out of a game. Um, I mean, the thing was with me was like I stood so far off the plate. You did. That, you know, if I got hit, it was like then you just really you really messed up. I don't think there was anybody who was intentionally hitting me. I Actually, the story like John Lannan, uh in his debut, um, I knew earlier in the game. He was missing arm side up and in. And I remember I struck out my first at bat and his family was there and they were cheering. And I was like, oh, I was like, y'all cheering a little bit too hard. So came up my second at bat, hit a homer to center off of him. And then I came up my third at bat and he had hit Chase right in front of me. And then he hit me. And so the reporters asked, and he got tossed out. (laughs) He got tossed out of the game in his debut. And so the reporters had asked me, like, if I thought it was intentional. I said no. I said he had been missing arm side up in the the game, like, earlier in the game, like, um, multiple times. It's just like, I don't think a guy is going to come and get tossed out in his major league debut type game, you know. So, um, but, yeah, I don't think there was ever anybody who tried to hit me on purpose.
0: So you guys had a great run, five straight division titles. You win it all in 08. You make it to game six and 09 before losing to the Yankees. Then you start to kind of retool your team a little bit, right? You bring in Roy Halladay, you trade for Roy Oswald. You eventually bring in Papelbon. And I just had Papelbon on the show. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? It was all over the place. I, and to his credit, he answered everything. He answered nice. everything. Nice. So nice. I, I want you to, I want you to listen, uh, because I think there was the perception that people thought he hated Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. here's his response to that. It was interesting what you said about Philadelphia, because I think the perception is that you hated it there. No,
1: I hated losing. I hated. I hated going there. And Ruben Amaro was handed a a brand-new Lamborghini, and the Lamborghini started falling apart. After Howard tore his Achilles, he was never the same. Utley, I, he, he couldn't play most of the time. The first two or three years there, um, man, it was just tough. Roy started going downhill, it, you know. I, I really thought I was going there and winning a bunch of championships, and, I, and I, maybe I had my sights set a little bit too high.
0: Yeah. But.
1: Well, first off, Pap looks great. Hair game was on point. Hair game was on point. But even before we saw that clip, I was just going to say, Pap didn't like losing. So that was the thing. It's like, and I can respect that in the sense of being like, hey, like I don't, I don't like losing. I don't think it was, I don't think it was that he didn't like Philly, Philly the city. Because I mean, obviously, he came from Boston. Right. To where it's like if it was going just as bad or whatever in Boston, fans are gonna let you know about it. So I don't think it was anything like that. I think it was just a matter of, yeah, he doesn't like losing. Um I mean, you know, things didn't pan out the way that he thought or, or um or had wanted them to. So I mean, you can't I I I can't speak for everybody else, but like, you know, hey, I for Pat, like I don't blame you for being upset about not wanting to lose.
0: Was he a good teammate?
1: Uh he was cool to me. Yeah. He was cool. I mean in in terms of like some of the stuff I saw with other guys like yeah, he was
0: he was cool. Cuz I asked him. Mm-hmm. He said, "Do you think you were a good teammate?" He said, "You I mean, have to ask you'd have to ask the other guys." He goes, "But yeah. I just
1: want- uh, my my experiences with Pat were were good. I can't speak to everybody else's experiences." but like mine, mine were good. So, I mean, there's, yeah. I Yeah. I don't know really what else to, to say in terms of like what other guys might, might think, but I thought my experiences with, with Pat were, were pretty good.
0: How much do you watch the Phillies these days?
1: I'll check them out. Um, you know, I'm usually between here and, and, uh, well here being Atlanta, um, you know, I'll watch them or kind of, like, check out the Braves, check out a few games here and there. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kept up and, and been watching those guys.
0: Do you think that um, Bryce Harper's contract can only be deemed a success if, if they win it all?
1: Um, I think that that's what I, – I feel like that's what the media and everybody's going to look at it as.
0: But what do you – what? You, you know I mean, how hard it is to play. That. I mean,
1: you you well, I mean, the thing is, is like, yeah, you brought Bryce in to to help you do what? Try to help you win a championship. Um, I mean, it takes more than just one guy to be able to do it. Bryce is going to do his thing. It's going to be about the rest of the, you know, supporting cast. As long as Bryce can can stay healthy and you can get the guys around him to to be able to do what needs to be done and they can come together collectively as a squad. Then yeah, I think that it's going to be deemed, it, it, yeah, his contract with as much as it is will probably be deemed a failure if they don't if they don't win because people will probably go out and say, oh well, if they wouldn't have spent all this money on Bryce, they could have gone and got this and this and this and this and they could have done whatever. It's you know, it's always hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty. So um, I think with the young core group of guys that are starting to kind of um, come together now, I think with Veerling, I think with Stott, I think bomb starting to kind of come into his own. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to put those guys together. You get the pitching staff together. Um, I know the, I think Spencer Howard kid that was there, um, you know, either whatever else you may have in the minor leagues, um, you know, you got to get that core group it's similar to kind of what we had with, you know, Jimmy chase, myself, Cole, you know, the guys that came from within the organization. And then you can play that that long John Silver at a piece here and there. I know that's been a while since you heard that one. Sure is. So. <laughs> but yeah, I just and I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's fair to, to try to sit there and and say like, well, yeah, it was a failure if he doesn't if they don't win a championship. Cause Bryce isn't showing up every every day, every night, every year. To say, hey, I'm just here so I can get paid and not win a
0: championship. I got a couple more things, and I'll let you go back to your life here. Yeah. Um, When did you know after that torn Achilles that it might not be the same? (laughs) You know, I didn't.
1: Um, In my mind, I was always thinking I would be able to get back. I mean, once, like, we had a couple setbacks um, because originally – I was kind of doing in spring training. So I toured in November or uh, October of 11, had surgery. And then by February of 12, I was doing kind of a decrepit run because I had my my chiro uh, docs down here and I was doing kind of like rehab here in Atlanta. And uh, the same same doc that had worked on T.O. Um, after he had broken his ankle and was ready for Super Bowl. And so, um, doing a cr- decrepit kind of, you know, Kirk Gibson is type 88 home run type run around the bases, And my wound wouldn't close properly. I just remember like seeing chase face and like spring training, he looked at it and he like basically like threw up in his mouth and I was like, yeah, it's probably not good. So wound up having to go back, get surgery again, cause I had to clean out the wound and then we couldn't get it to close properly so it took a while trying to figure out how to get it closed and do all that and then rehab came and i already have aerodynamic calves so they uh you know so my left calf was kind of like atrophied a little bit but i never thought you know that it wouldn't be able to get back to to being the same i i don't necessarily credit my achilles because my achilles was fine and then the following year it was my knee because i had to get my knee scope my left knee scope you know, looking back at it, um, I would say, I I don't really credit it to my Achilles or my knee. It's like, I just, I felt like I just got away from my approach, um, which was kind of staying that gap to gap, middle, you know, center, right center, left center, left field approach. Um, I mean, because the, the, the hitting, I could, I could pivot, I could push and do all that stuff. It wasn't like I was going out there, you know, going 30-30, still in 30 bases. But, um, but, you know, I think looking back on it, it was just I lost my, my approach and just got kind of swallowed up in different things or whatnot, I guess, hitting and then try to either do a little bit too much, probably even came back a little bit too fast um, from the injury. But, you know, and that's where I talk to guys who get hurt, and I say, hey, bro, come back, make sure you're 110%, not 100%. Because I will say, like, I feel like I probably tried to come back a little bit too fast, but you just want to be out there, you know, trying to contribute because I felt like me at 70% is better than a lot of guys at 100%. So, you know, try to push through that, and then, Lost my approach and then obviously like the shift and all that kind of stuff played a factor, Um, you know, kind of towards the end where it's looking like now they're about to get rid of the get rid of the shift here. I told my wife that, too. I was like, you know, watch what happens. Like once I leave the game, they're going to probably look to get rid of the shift because they saw kind of what was happening with, you know, some of the stars in the game and and just the overall game itself. Um, Because your boy, your boy did have some stolen bases back in the day. Davy Lopes. Davy Lopes needs more props because Davy got me nine stolen bases back in the 12.
0: day. 12. Don't shortchange yourself.
1: Well, I had nine in
0: 09. Oh, you yeah. had nine of your 12 stolen bases that oh, yeah? year?
1: Yeah, with Davy. Oh, Davy. Davy was amazing because Davy, when Davy was on other teams and I'm playing first, and he would come up to the guy and he would say, Hey, as soon as the pitcher does this, Take off, and he just turn away and walk. He just turn and walk away, and I'm like, wait, he knows I'm standing here, right? Like what? Like I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Am I, should I say something? Am I snitching? Like what? I'm I'm confused. But he would come up and he would tell us that, like with with as soon as he comes set, take off. I'm like, all right. So I would I would go and and uh, yeah, I mean, Davey was great. He was great that year.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh before we get out of here, I bet you I can make you smile. I mean, you're always Talk. smiling. <laughs> let's take what do we let's, got? let's take a look at home run number one. Oh, stop. What do you remember about it? Um, we
1: were, were we were we down. It was a two run homer, or what I think it was like two one or something like that. And I came in to pinch hit. And that year, oh four, I was like, I hit a few homers, so I know what it felt like. I was like, off the bat, you can see it—the little drop, yeah, shimmy shake over there. I was like, "Ooh, I got that!" But then I looked, and I saw Mike Cameron going back, and I was like, "Wait, is this is something different? Is are the balls different in the big leagues, or what? Is like Mike Cameron going to bring it back? Because I already had my first big league hit turn into a web gem for Andrew Jones, like where he threw out Jason Michaels at home plate." So I'm like, is this about to happen? And so I looked at Jimmy once I touched on plate because he was in on deck circle, and I was like, Man, I thought he was gonna grab it. He's like, that dude wasn't even close. And he's like, the ball was way out. So yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun time in uh, in New York. Where's that ball? Uh downstairs, going in the on in my trophy room. That away.
0: That's got good. it. Fortunato. All right, got we're it. gonna spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. Uh-oh. There's. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not very I smart, like so the questions are very tough. <laughs> I love it. Giving mood. Okay, I don't think we've had this. Uh-oh. All right. What was? No, this is a good one. What was the last nice thing you bought someone?
1: The last nice thing I bought someone.
0: Um,
1: Man. Um, What was it? Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe this
0: house. Uh, yeah,
1: possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably say this house. Um, it, yeah. It, I mean, that's a solid yeah. answer, by the way. I mean, that, house. Actually, I gave my daughter, like she went out yesterday school shopping with uh, my wife and she came up and asked me for $20. So I gave her 20 bucks.
0: Okay. That's nice. Yesterday. Yeah. So what'd just she spend it on? Anything good? She bought, some,
1: uh, she bought some earrings and some, some little oh. trinkets and some oh. good stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, she got some stuff for her sisters as well. So now yeah. that's the gift that keeps on giving. That is a right. win. Yeah. It starts out at 20 and then who knows where it goes from
0: there? It doesn't stop. No you know that no yeah listen man it was great catching up (laughs) i appreciate the time i'm so happy we could do this and just see what you're you're doing with life and Still smiling. That part hasn't oh, man. changed.
1: Man, got to, man. Got to. Got nothing to complain about.
0: Nothing to well, complain about. Well, best, best of luck with the crib. Best of luck to your son who's finishing up college. Best of luck to your, uh, your little girls who are about to start school. And your wife in her lovely office. Oh, thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, the lights came on too, by the way. It looks yeah. nice. Thanks. I like it. Yeah. A it's lot. Subtle, subtle pink.
0: For our uh, outstanding (laughs) producer, the one and only Robbie Shirocco. our amazing summer intern, Alden Stone, who is off to college after this episode. That is the former league MVP and World Series champion, Ryan Howard. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.